Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel reading of Luke, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, here we are on the last Sunday of Advent, and within our season of Advent, the waiting, the expectation for the coming of a baby is about to end as we soon turn our eyes on Christmas Day. Of course, not before we have Christmas Eve first, which is the real day that most people celebrate the coming of the Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. Just look at the church attendance numbers. Or just come on Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day and see the comparison for yourself. Nevertheless, Christmas is about babies. The clear reason Christmas is about babies is because we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. Tiny, little, baby Jesus in a manger. This Christmas especially, we're going to see that it's about babies. I mean, take a look around the room and you're going to find babies. You'll find babies laughing, crying, eating, and you might even find some babies in the womb. Take a look at the gospel reading, and you'll find baby Jesus and baby John in the womb. Christmas is more than just babies, though. It's also about life. When we see babies who have been born, we see living human beings. When we look at a child in the womb, even though we can't see them without the help of technology, we see living human beings. And I would argue that babies, conceiving a child, is one of life's greatest miracles. And that's what I want to talk a little bit about today. Miracles. The definition of a miracle is this. An effect or extraordinary event in the physical world that surpasses all known human or natural powers and is ascribed to a supernatural cause. There's another definition that follows, and it says, Such an effect or event manifesting or considered as a work of God. I would combine those two and say that a miracle is something that surpasses human powers and understanding that is caused by God. I don't think it would be very hard for you to find someone who had a hard time conceiving or was even told that they would not be able to only to then have a child, and who would describe that as a miracle, where the impossible became possible. You can find examples here at Peace, and you can certainly find examples in the Bible of the impossible becoming possible. Just look at the two women in the Gospel reading. Elizabeth was barren, couldn't conceive, and advanced in years. She was old. This is reminiscent of Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was barren and 90 years old when God promised she would have Isaac. And then there's Mary, who is neither old nor barren, but is a virgin. And even she asks how it's possible for her to conceive. The answer is, Something that surpasses human powers 
and is caused by God. That's what miracles are. God making the impossible possible. Women who couldn't conceive are able to conceive. And a woman who shouldn't be able to conceive conceives the Son of God. As Mary says in her Magnificat about God, He who is mighty has done great things for me. Now, Christmas isn't just about babies and life. It's also about miracles. And believing in these miracles, like the virgin birth, is what we call faith. And faith itself is a miracle. That's because it's given to us by God as a gift, as Paul writes in Ephesians 2. Why is it a miracle? First of all, because the only way that you can come to a knowledge of a God who is way beyond our understanding is by him coming to you and working in your life. Secondly, because sin wants nothing to do with believing in a God who comes to us and for us. And when we're talking about miracles and faith, we have to address sin. Sin is opposed to God, and each and every one of us are born into sin, and thus we are opposed to God from conception because of original sin, as David writes. Because of the first sin of Adam and Eve, sin has been passed down onto every generation, and thus we are all born with this sinful nature. This sinful nature that is inclined to sin, inclined to turn away from God, inclined to not believe anything his word says. But sin doesn't just produce inclinations opposed to God. Sin produces consequences for every single person. And the consequences for sin range from sickness and disease all the way to death. Physical death, yes, but also eternal death, hell. These are the consequences for sin. So how do you come back from that? How do you save yourself from suffering an eternity in hell? You don't. You can't. It's only through miracles and faith. The miracle of the virgin birth. The miracle of the incarnation. God becoming flesh, born without sin, and then living a perfect life so that he can die for the sins of the world, be our atonement. He who had no sin became sin for us and took the punishment that all of us deserve, death and hell. Then the miracle of the resurrection, rising from the dead because he is God, and thus giving us forgiveness and eternal life. Faith, another miracle, believes all of this. And we see all of this when we go back to the gospel reading with Mary and Elizabeth. They're both pregnant when Mary visits Elizabeth, and Elizabeth's baby, who we know is John the Baptist, leaps for joy in the womb at the sound of Mary's voice. Why does a baby leap in the womb? Because that baby heard Mary, who was carrying the Savior. How is it possible that baby knew that? Because he has faith. 
And we already know that faith is a miracle. And even more so, babies in the womb having faith is a miracle. And yet it's possible. The Holy Spirit gives the gift of faith. And the angel tells Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, that John would be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. There are so many miracles in this Christmas story. Yet we also know during this time of Christmas that miracles don't always happen. How many of you have ever prayed for a loved one to make it to Christmas, to have one more celebration with them, and they didn't? How many of you have, have we heard about in the past week alone? And this might be the first Christmas without them, or Christmas is always a reminder that they aren't here. For as much as Christmas is about miracles and babies and life, Christmas is also about death. That's part of the problem with miracles, because we don't understand them completely. Especially why some are healed and not others. Why some are restored to health and others pass away. Or why some receive a miracle, like being able to conceive a baby, and others don't. Here's what we do know. God never promised any of us healing in this life. He never promised us any miracles that would keep ourselves or our loved ones around any longer on this earth. Or even that he would give us a miracle of life. And I know that you might be sitting there thinking, how terrible of a thing to say in this wonderful time of the year, the day before Christmas. Because saying that doesn't give me any peace and comfort and hope for what is supposed to be a time of good news, a great joy. And you're right. But it's also the truth. And here's some more truth. While God never promised any of us miraculous physical healings, he promised us something greater. The most important thing for each and every one of us is not the life that we have here on this earth. It's the life that is still to come. God promised us a life with no more pain or suffering, no more tears or mourning, no more sin, no more death. That is his promise in the life to come, eternal life. And this promise is for all who believe, all who have received the miraculous gift of faith. And so the most important thing for us is heaven. And the only way we're able to be welcomed home to heaven is by faith alone. And you're here today because of that gift of faith. And while that is the most important thing, God gives you more than just that gift, that miracle. So if you're someone who needs a miracle today, you're in luck. We have them. It just might not be what you were expecting. In a few moments, we're going to have a time of confession and absolution. How is it possible that you, a poor, miserable, helpless sinner, are able to have your sins forgiven. It is only through the death and resurrection of Christ. That's a miracle. When you come to the Lord's Supper, 
You receive the body and blood of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, for the strengthening of your faith, and for your salvation. We all may not get incredible miracles in our life. There's no promise that we will be cured of whatever is wrong with us, or that God will answer every prayer we pray in the exact way we pray for it. But with Christ, for those who believe, we have everything we need. And as we gather together at the table to receive Christ's body and blood, we eat and drink and are renewed because Christ again gives to us another miracle. Christmas has a lot of things going for it. Hopefully we'll see you back tomorrow and the day after that as we celebrate more Christmas. And as we head into this upcoming season, my prayer for you is that you are able to keep in mind what Christmas is truly about. It's about babies. Babies who are born like you, like me. But one very important baby was born for all the world to see, who came for each and every single one of us. And his name was Jesus, wonderful counselor, a mighty God, Prince of Peace. Christmas is about miracles, from the virgin birth to the incarnation, God becoming flesh to redeem our sinful flesh. The miracle of faith that has been gifted to us by the Holy Spirit in baptism and through the hearing of the word. And Christmas is about death. The death of Jesus and his resurrection from the dead, which is the greatest miracle of all. And it all begins with his birth. Finally, Christmas is about life, eternal life, for all who believe. For the Lord, who is mighty, has done great things for us. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.